Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Montreal Canadiens are fun as hell as they beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-2. The NHL offside rules are bad, and the return of three up and three down. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 566 of Locked On Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. You can subscribe to us here on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts if you want us in audio form on the go. And today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am one of your hosts. I am the slightly under the weather Scott Matla, and I'm joined as always by the active stick Laura Saba, who is recovering from what might be the most insane episode of Game Over Montreal ever following the Canadians' win over the Oilers. Laura, how are we feeling going into what is now a Victory Monday, uh, something that's happening with startling regularity under Martin St. Louis? Well, one thing I am excited about is that there are a few days between games. Uh, the next game is Vancouver at but o'clock on uh, Wednesday night. So obviously our Thursday episode is going to be us extremely tired and exhausted. But there's a couple of days to kind of take stock of uh, the improvements over the last couple of weeks. I, I, I do want to look back at some of the themes of the games. And um, I'm excited to discuss that. As for game over, I definitely want to plug it. I mean, I, 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 t- I did say I was going to appear on it last week. So forgive me if this is a repeat. But check out Game Over with Andrew Berkshire. I was on... And the other guest was the incomparable Alice Moran, who, if you know, if you if you watch CBC, you'll know she is somebody who is, I think, one of the funniest people in Canada. Um, and it was a really, really fun and funny episode. It did go a little bit off the rails. Do not listen to it with your children. A little in the bit room. off all... the rails. I mean, okay, but definitely, it's definitely you can listen to this podcast with your children in the room or in the car, but do not listen to or watch that that one with your children around. <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely not. Uh, but do check it out. It was it was so it was really, really hard for me to stay composed. That That's how funny it was. And I, I, I tried to do a little bit of analysis. But at the end of the day, that show was phenomenal. I was so lucky to be a part of it. And Alice Moran is a freaking star. Speaking of trying to keep composure and struggling with that a little bit, uh, Mike Smith was terrible on Saturday night. We're just going to we're going to go ahead and just get this out of the way here. The Montreal Canadiens defeated the Edmonton Oilers 5-2 on Saturday night in a game where they had scored five goals but only had three on the board, and Mike Smith was actually an active detriment to his team. The Habs looked great. Uh, Cole Caulfield got on the board. Nick Suzuki got on the board. Arturi Lekkinen got on the board. Mike Hoffman got on the board. I'm missing someone in here somewhere, and I don't quite know who it is at this point. But you Laurent, get my- Laurent Dauphin. Well, yeah, they took that away from him because Yolar Mia let the puck come a half inch offside. The NHL's offside rules, and we will talk about this in the third segment. I will (laughs) I will preview that now. It's on my down list, and I have all the energy left in my body from this illness to make fun of that when we get to that point. The Canadians were phenomenal in that game. This season, and this is a wild stack considering how badly they got blown out uh, earlier in the year against Edmonton when Dominique Ducharme was still coach. Connor McDavid. Zero goals, zero assists, plus zero whatever. 
They held him off the score sheet in two games this year. It, it is truly wild to me that as bad as the Canadians were at the beginning of the year and where they're at right now, they held the best player in the NHL uh, into pretty pedestrian standards uh, in this game. It was it was fun. It was a good hockey game overshadowed by some very, very stupid um, league-mandated reviews because of offsides and this and goaltender interference. And the last thing I want to touch on, Laura, before I let you kind of take the wheel here for a second is Mike Smith celebrating a glove save on a shot that was going wide of the net when he had given up five clean goals at that point, three of which counted, two of which were wiped out, is the most hilarious cell phone I've seen this entire season. And he should feel nothing but shame for that. It was, how are you going to gloat when you've been the worst player on either side on the ice that night? Mike Smith, oh my God, he's terrible. He's awful. And you know what? Don't care. Don't have to see him again this year. It's great. I just, I think the thing with Mike Mike Smith is that if he was capable of feeling shame, he wouldn't still be in the NHL. <laughs> I think that uh, that that to me, and I don't understand why the Oilers keep living and dying by Mike Smith. Uh, that's something that we said yesterday on Game Over. That's something I will continue to say. That's something that I said when they re-signed him for two years. Not just this year. He's going to be around until the end of next year. And, why? Uh, I think, yes. Why? Because Oilers, that, is that why? Like, this is a thing with, like, this is a thing with the Oilers that I was really, really hoping that the Canadians would avoid. And I'm still hoping that they avoid is that why would you take two of the best players in the NHL, one of them literally being one of the best players in, in history, and then not have a competent defense behind them and not have competent goaltending. Like that is literally the definition of wasting your stars, whether it's before their prime, during their prime, after their prime. Connor McDavid prior to retirement is still going to be better than most players in the NHL. And what you're doing is you're wasting him. You cannot win in today's NHL with just two really amazing offensive superstars no matter how good they are you need a competent defense you need competent you need like you need good goaltending but you also need like if you have a system whether you have a system or you have what what Mar- martin saint louis calls reads and structure and and concepts and things like that you need players that are competent enough to pull that off now I really used to hate Zach Hyman when he was in Toronto. Uh, I thought he was always a thorn in Montreal's side in the it was three on playoffs. He was one of the only uh, Toronto Maple <laughs> Leafs showing up. He's definitely the kind of guy that you hate to play against, right? He's definitely somebody who uh, is a good supporting player. But, like, I think he's the only – and they did overpay him. But I think he's the only player that Edmonton got recently that they signed that I was like, yeah, you know what? That does make sense for your team. Because if you look at who the defensemen they're chasing, if you look at the goaltenders they've got, and apparently this guy, uh, the, the what's his face? I, I want to say it's Skinner, Stuart Skinner, the um, the goal, the goalie that they just called up because Mike Smith is now so ashamed of the way that he played that he cannot play uh, against, against Calgary <laughs> tomorrow night. They've got Koskinen and, and, uh, and, and Stuart Skinner's uh, been called up to back him up. Apparently he's, he's showing a lot of promise. But if you are the Edmonton Oilers, I have to ask, why are you making the decisions that you are making? Because they're trapped in the 1980s perpetually. And to go along with that, they wanted 1980s goaltending. So they got a goalie who wants to fight people and can't stop a puck worth his uh, worth his contract. So 
and this is a Canadians podcast. Obviously, we're not going to dunk on Mike Smith the entire time. That's what the Scorch Stack is here for. Subscribe to Scorch Stack. And that was fun. It was a very fun Saturday night. The Canadians are an absolute riot right now. And Vancouver is going to be another fun test. They're another team with a new coach doing really well with a lot of weapons. It's going to be interesting to see where they're at. And the good news is there is some health reinforcements coming up soon. There's a lot of guys joining the team in Vancouver for this game on Wednesday night. We're going to touch on that coming up next. But one of our newest sponsors, folks, is Athletic Greens. And they have a product I use literally every day. And I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy in the morning. I wanted to feel better throughout my workday. And they have all these amazing products that, you know, help boost energy, make me feel better, give me the vitamins and the nutrients that I need to get my day started right, you know, blend it into a shake, take it on my way to work, have something during the day to help keep me going there. And they have something for everybody. You're absorbing in 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. And they're there to help your gut health, help your nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, slowing down aging, any of these things it's here for. And it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs or chemicals, artificial anything, and it still tastes amazing. And it helps support better sleep quality, something important for me who lives off of caffeine during the days. And it's the one th- and it's one of the th- and it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into cold and flu season, folks. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. So the Canadians have been beat to heck for ever, basically this season. And there was some good news coming out of their win over Edmonton. Besides the fact that they beat the Edmonton Oilers five to two people forget that Jake Evans is day to day. We'll be traveling with the team. And Joel Edmondson, Paul Byron, uh, Jake Allen, and others will all be joining the team in Vancouver. They are in no-contact jerseys for practice, but they are inching closer and closer and closer to returning. And I can't help but think this is such a tremendous morale boost for the team. They're already flying on the ice, and now they're going to get a bunch of these guys back in the room too. Joel Edmondson hasn't really been there at all this year. He's been recovering from his back injury. He had, his father passed away and he was away for a time due to that. It's a really good time to get everyone together right now. The trade deadline's coming up. It's the last chance that these guys might play together, at least in a Canadian's uniform. I'm really excited to see this. And along with that was they combined last year's rookie class and this year's rookie class into their rookie thing. Uh, Joel Edmondson on his Instagram story has a photo of all of them wearing what looks like scuba suits, snorkels, goggles, and flippers and everything. I don't know what the theme or the reasoning for it was, but 
it, it took me a while to identify a bunch of people in this photo, which tells me I don't know what a lot of the people on this team look like because there's been so many of them this year. Uh, I'm really excited now for a lot of these guys to get in there to talk with Martin St. Louis and get back in this team here, especially for some of the guys who were here early in the season when things were not good. You know, a guy like Jake Allen. Jake Allen hasn't had a chance to play for Martin St. Louis yet, you know. Joel Edmondson had to sit on the sideline and watch his team struggle after they went to the Stanley Cup final. I'm 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 very excited about the progress the Canadians have made here. And I know these guys aren't going to be in the lineup against Vancouver, but they're not that far off. And that's not a bad thing right now if you're the Habs. There I was on mute again, talking about how much I agree with you. And I was just uh, checking out the, um, the 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 rookie celebration on uh, Joel Edmondson's Instagram. I had somehow missed that. Uh, I, I I needed to catch up on Instagram for this weekend. But uh, I think uh, it's it's just good to have the players all together again. I think I. It's not just been the Canadians. Every team has had to struggle with a lot of inconsistent inconsistency in terms of who's in and who's out, uh, largely due to COVID over the course of the season. But as we've talked about so many times on this podcast, the Canadians have been particularly unlucky with their injuries this year. And that does not allow for good team building. And I think one of the things that Martin St. Louis is trying to uh, bring back is the sense of camaraderie, the sense of, of, of teamwork, the sense of literally just being a cohesive of group together so just having all those people with you whether or not they end up playing finally uh in the starting lineup against vancouver just having everybody around and kind of practicing together doing the skates together and all of that uh, i think is going to be really really good for them psychologically going forward i also i think that you know as as we get closer to the trade deadline which is now about two weeks away um I think it is. It's literally two weeks away on Monday, the 21st. Uh, I think, is it, is Monday the 21st? Yes. So. Trade deadline is Monday the 21st. Uh, and it is sneaking uh, up on me, which is not great at yeah, all. It's literally two weeks away. Like by the time you're listening to this episode, it'll be Monday. So it's two weeks away. Um, you know, there are a lot of faces that might not be here and there are a lot of faces that might be joining this team. So I think like this is just, it's such a great opportunity um, for the team to feel like a team for now for like i don't want to say one last time but but it, it, for all intents and purposes it's kind of one last time like like they're not they're not being like sent off to like you know go colonize mars or anything but i've grown very fond of this canadians team uh especially after last year and watching them suffer through this year brendan gallagher said it best this is a team that's resilient now and it's they've got another bump in the road here. There's going to be some long-term names, some vets here who aren't going to be on this team in, in two weeks. And that's, that's hockey. And if you're Brendan Gallagher, who I think is one of the very few names left when Mark Bergevin took over, I think it's Gallagher and Carey Price are the only two guys left. They've seen a lot of turnover. They've seen one, two, what, four coaches at this point, more teammates than they care to count. Uh, multiple team captains, everything. This isn't new for them, but a guy like Cole who had to, you know, or Cole Caulfield who, you know, grew close with Corey Perry and then Corey Perry left in the off season, became good friends with Tyler Toffoli and then Tyler Toffoli left in the trade this year. It's hard for some of these guys. And I think Andrew Zadonowski put it best on Twitter is that with this team in the situation that it's in actively tanking breeds a toxic loser culture. 
that when things don't go your way, it drags every part of your game down. This team getting to where they're playing good hockey is, yeah, they're going to be upset that some of their friends got traded and that, you know, they're missing their line mates or their defensive partners and whatnot, but they're going to bounce back then after that. And if, if Dominique Ducharme was still the coach of this team, if Mark Bergevin was still the GM and we were heading into this deadline, I'd be feeling so much apprehension about what's going to happen. And in about a month, I feel so much more at peace with where the Montreal Canadiens are and who the Montreal Canadiens are. And these names are coming back that, yeah, they're probably going to lose Ben Sherratt. They might lose Arturi Lekkanen. Brett Kulak and Jake Allen might go to another team. But you know what? Names are coming back in too. And when they get healthy, that helps the Laval Rocket, which is the other part of things that I'm covering. They're playing PTOs on their second and third pairings. Like, it's tough. And I'm really happy to see that this team has rebounded so well. Seven out of their last eight games are wins. uh, And their one loss was a very, very stupid, silly game against Winnipeg that we will no longer discuss. Uh, Laura, did you have any more thoughts before we moved into our final segment? No, I'm excited for three up and three down. Mostly because I have lots of ups again. We have so, so many ups because the Canadians are fun as hell. Uh, and we're going to get into that coming up next. But first, as we said, today is brought to you by Bet Online. And football season's over, but basketball is in full swing with both Pro Hoops and the March Madness tournament right around the corner for basketball. And if you want all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to get hired, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline has you covered for hockey, boxing, ultimate fighting odds, and so much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And also, folks, it, it is it is a lockdown podcast. It is locked on Canadians. And you know we love Built Bar on this show. And have you tried Built Puffs? They are protein-infused marshmallow. The weather is still cold. And if you want a really, really smart idea, take a Built Puff, make yourself a cup of hot chocolate, and dip that sucker right in there and drink that. And they're incredible. You can get cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, there is something for everybody in Built Puffs, and there's something for everybody in Built Bar because they are covered in 100% real chocolate, and there's a flavor for everybody. If you want fruits, if you want dessert, anything in between, they have it, and they're low-calorie, low-sugar, low-carb, and high in protein. Absolutely everything you could possibly be looking for in your protein bar. Grab it on the way to work like I do or after a workout. They are there for you all the time. And if you go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your order. So go there, check out what Built Bar has. They're always adding new flavors. There's something for everybody. And use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout at built.com to save yourself 15%. All right. Laura, should we do the down first so I can just get this rant out of the way before all my energy saps out of my body when the cold medication wears off? Let's do it. Sorry, that that was not a dramatic pause. That was more of <laughs> being mute, uh, but it served the purpose. Let's do the down first because I think I'm just going to agree with you like all the way, but let, let, let's hear it first. All right. So we've already talked about Mike Smith and how he's terrible, which is fine. Uh, the NHL's offside ruling and goaltender interference ruling 
is hot flaming doo-doo to put that as PG as possible on this family show here. The Canadians scored five goals in that game against Edmonton when it was over, when in reality they had scored seven because seven pucks went, well, six pucks and one into the empty net, went past Mike Smith, and you know why they were ruled out? They were offside by about half an inch each, and you know what? I don't, I I don't, because Matt Duchesne was like six feet offside one time 10 years ago, Everyone has to suffer for offside reviews now in that Nick Suzuki scored a really sick toe drag goal where he shot it underneath a player's thighs and beat Mike Smith. And he was so mad that they took it away from him. He did the same damn thing, only he put it top shelf instead. And then Yol Armia with a really smart poke check with a puck that was this far, about an inch and a half out of the zone, and they overturned it. And then earlier in the game, I believe it was Zach Hyman was kind of pushed by Kale Clegg as he cut through the faceoff circle, ran into Samuel Montembeau. The Oilers scored a goal. Martin St. Louis challenged for goaltender interference, and they went, ah, no, that's fine. You can run into the goalie. It's okay. I don't understand what goaltender interference is. And offside reviews where the puck is a half inch out of the zone are ruining the game and taking away goals. They talk about how, how can we get goal scoring back? How can we make the game more exciting? abolish offsides like this. You're taking away sick goals from people because the puck was a half inch out of the zone. And it's just, it's so annoying and so NHL that like, I don't get it. If the puck's halfway out of the zone, you get sent to the Hague. But if you run into the goaltender and drag him into the corner, I know that's cool. Here's a medal. Here's a goal. It's all fine. That, that is, that is my down for this week is I, I've learned to really hate the offside review and not knowing what goaltender interference is. I just, I can't do it anymore. It's so, it, it's taking the joy out of it in case I ever have to wonder, like, is this going to get called back or is this actually going to happen or not? So on Game Over last night, we talked about the one being, uh, like on Laurent, Laurent Dauphin was, I think that was the one that was legit, like the puck left the zone and then came back and all of that. I just personally, to me, like if you need to zapruder it to figure it out, to, like just just let the call on the ice stand, whatever it was, you know. I I get what the coaches are doing by challenging it, but like, but literally, like why? I, we saw it in the Olympics. Like every time there was a challenge, like the game got delayed by like thirteen minutes. Is that what you want the NHL to turn into? I mean, that game had no rhythm, and yeah, you know, obviously, I would be even more annoyed with it if it hadn't come out in Montreal Canadiens' favor, but. I just, I think that you've got to make things a little bit simpler. Like if you want to have an offside rule, have an offside rule, but don't make it so that a million different things can be eligible for it. Right. Like that, that's my beef with it. I like, I don't know. It was just, it was frustrating. And it was one of those things where it was like, there were a couple of times where people were talking about how, if it wasn't Brendan Gallagher, it wouldn't get called back, blah, blah, blah. I, I just, I think that, there just needs to be a more consistent way of dealing with these things. And if you if you need to pause the game and go through hours of video to figure it out, then no. Like a challenge should be like a minute long. Yeah. If you if you can't figure it out inside 30 seconds to a minute, uh, you're wasting everybody's time and nobody wants that. It's not great. Um, it, now to move into the fun things, though, we are going into our three ups and there are always a ton of them. And my first one for this is Brett Kulak and Ben Sherratt are both on my up list this week. Uh, Kulak set up Arturi Kyle Lekkinen. Dubas. 
at Are Kyle Dubas. Are you listening, Dubas. Kyle Dubas? <laughs> I hope Kyle Dubas is listening to this podcast. Ben Sherratt is the best defenseman currently playing in the NHL. Um, he's been legitimately good in the last couple of games. He had, the, he had two goals against Calgary, and he was solid against Edmonton. Uh, he did well playing their top their top stars there. I've got no complaints. If this is the Ben Sherratt we got all the time, I'd say, no, don't trade that. You sign that to an extension, but where the Habs are at, you still got to trade him for assets. And Brett Kulak, Eric Engels wrote an article. He might be playing himself off the trade board and into a contract extension for uh, Kent Hughes. It, it's a really interesting way to see two guys bounce back. We've talked about Jeff Petrie a lot on this show, but uh, Ben Sherratt and Brett Kulak have both been really, really good as of late. I think so too. And uh, I'm not joking about Kyle Dubas. I hope you're listening. Uh, ben Sherratt. <laughs> Uh, I think um, another one of my ups is going to be Nick Suzuki, not because he's not good always, but because he's attaining a different level. I think for me, watching Nick Suzuki become the player he's meant to be years earlier than he's supposed to is so gratifying. And you've got to say that he's surrounded by a team that for the most part, for the biggest, largest part of the season, for the majority of the season, that's the word I was looking for, uh, is has been abysmal, has been literally abysmal. Like he was one of the only few players that was capable of putting together competent nights um, and just watching him just emerge and just, just solidify his spot without being outwardly uh, obvious about it. You have to be paying attention to see how much better he's getting with every game. I absolutely adore seeing it. Just, he's just getting smarter and, and, and just better at everything that he does, obviously. So he's one of mine. Um, and another one for me, I think is going to be Samir Montembeau. He had a, um, like a miserable game against Winnipeg. It was awful. All we needed for him against Edmonton was for him to be competent and when you have a game that's bad like that it can go one of two ways you can go into a spiral like Jack Campbell is currently doing in Toronto <laughs> um, or you can pick yourself back up like Samuel Montembeau was capable of doing in Alberta so I think uh, I think you know it's hard and and especially when you know you have so much pressure on your shoulders it's hard to kind of bounce back from something like that and i think he is kind of helped by the fact that the canadians are outwardly tanking and there's no hope for them to make the playoffs whereas you know toronto is like a stanley cup caliber team like we keep hearing about uh, my only concern with jack campbell is that he's slumping too early <laughs> and uh, he's going to find his game in time for the playoffs but uh i i, I just i want to say that you know he's done he's done such a great job and now with andrew hammond being injured we don't know how long until he comes back to the to the lineup uh you needed samuel montambo to be good enough and uh, and he was he was he was good enough you know he wasn't tested all that much by the oilers he was a couple of times but he he did what what the canadians needed him to do in that game on saturday night so all he needs to do is just bring that level of performance because the rest of the team is able to do it. I did want to say, though, that the Canadians need to improve their neutral zone play a little bit upon the Edmonton game. It was very sloppy against Edmonton. It was it was also like a little bit not great against Calgary, but that was the end where Calgary was really taking it to them when they realized like they needed to do some work to win the game. Uh, but uh, I would like to see them clean that up a little bit in, in the next game. Here are Samuel Montembeau's last five games, starting from uh, latest to earliest against the Blues, 926 save percentage. Um, obviously, he allowed two goals on 27 shots. Uh, against Toronto, 946 save percentage. He allowed two goals on 37 shots. 
against Buffalo, 32 out of 32, shut out. The game against Winnipeg where he was a 696, allowed seven goals on 23 shots, and then bounces back against Edmonton, uh, 28 uh, 28 saves on 30 shots, 933 save percentage. He's an 897 on the year. And when you consider how bad the Habs were at the start of the year, uh, he's outperforming current Toronto Maple Leaf backup Peter Morazic. So um, Toronto needs a goalie. We got plenty that are better than both of the ones you have right now. Um, at my, Kyle Dubas. At Kyle Dubas. <laughs> we'll throw in Ben Sherratt for free. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I really no, no. want to see Ben Sherratt defending in the in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but for yeah. Toronto. But make him overpay for it first. Then it becomes not our problem, and we get our nice shiny prospect <laughs> and a first round pick, and then we laugh at them, and then. So you won't let me throw in Ben Sherratt for free? Okay, can we can we throw in the goaltender for free? It depends on what goaltender. If it's Jake Allen, no. If it's like you know Samuel Montembeau, maybe I'll, I'll think about it. Um, I've become quite attached to the rosy cheeked lad. So um, my other, my only other up was Cole Caulfield was incredible. Again, he's, he's on one right now. He's going to be a terror for the long haul here for the rest of the season. Um, We've got so much coming up this week. We're going to talk about the possibility of Shea Weber's contract getting moved. We're going to preview the game against Vancouver and any other news that comes around. So thank you for making locked on Canadians your first listen of the day, every single day. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Subscribe on YouTube. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick and myself at Scott Matla. And to make your second listen of the day and become an expert at fantasy hockey, check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey where Steele Rodin and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert in your fantasy hockey league. Much like us, it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.